0: Father, thank you that your scripture teaches us that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Father, we have so much to be thankful for. Uh, We're thankful for Jesus. We're thankful for our spouses and for our families and for our children. Father, we're thankful for our country where we can freely worship you. Father, we're thankful for uh, the universal church. And how it has the mission of drawing people to you and and seeing Christians continue to mature in the Christian faith. Father, we're thankful for this specific church. And we pray that this specific church would continue to have a ministry impact both within this immediate community, uh, within the region, and and throughout the world. Father, we're thankful for those who had health issues and for healing. Father, we're thankful for wisdom from our medical providers. Uh, father we're just thankful for so many things and we're thankful for all the things that the individual members of this congregation mentioned that they were thankful for and father as we continue to tarry on this side of heaven we we struggle and we're thankful that you're a god who knows what we need before it even comes to our mind and our hearts uh, father for our friends and loved ones who are f- facing various health situations uh, we pray for healing and we Praise you for the reality of one day when we're glorified, we will all be healed with a capital H. Uh, Father, we pray for um, our leaders, both uh, civilian and military and and pastoral, business leaders. Father, we pray for wisdom. Father, we pray for uh, the families of martyred Christians, that you would give those families a sense of peace that only you can. Father, we pray that as a church we would wake up, and that we would push back the effects of the fall, especially the effects of radical uh, Muslims. Uh, Father, let us be agents of change with grace and mercy, uh, but let us not shy away from representing you in every aspect of this world. Father, for any prayer requests that I've forgotten uh, or for any unspoken requests, we praise you that you know those requests. Father, thank you for this time. and We pray this in Jesus' name and for his sake. And for his glory. Amen. Church family, as we continue to worship, at this time we're going to jump into Scripture. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. This Scripture was written by God through the Apostle Matthew. And it's a snippet of Jesus' famous Sermon of the Mount. And it's very relevant for you and I because it shares with us, one, here are the pitfalls we fall into, and two, here's what we should be focusing on. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34. Hear the words of God. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, is not life More than food and the body more than clothing? And look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon and all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O oh, ye of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But this verse is key. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father God, as we come now continuing to worship by diving into your word, I pray that you would protect me from preaching anything that is not your truth. We come here to be further changed by your word, to become more like Jesus. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a major problem. And that is I am now middle-aged. And here's why it's a major problem for me. When I was young, I was clueless on so many things, and that ignorance was bliss. Now that I'm middle aged and have the life experience, when anything happens, I think through the army. Used to call it the second and third orders of effects, but now the doctrine has changed it's the cascading effects. I think not about that situation, but about what this could happen, and this could happen, and what if this happens, and I become a nervous wreck. There's a lot of things I don't miss about being young, but ignorance truly was bliss. And I I find myself now more anxious. I worry more. I worry about things I control, and I worry about a lot of things that I can't control at all. The main point of this sermon that I need to hear, and I knowing that you're human, I know you need to hear it too, is this. Because of God's loving care, we must not be anxious about life. Let me repeat that. Because of God's loving care, we must not be anxious about life. And we're going to look at three things. I don't know why sermons are always three points, but it is what it is. We're going to look at the problems of anxiety... We're going to look at the symptoms of anxiety. And then finally, we're going to look at the practical application. We're going to look at ways Christians can limit anxiety. So let's look at the first area. the problem with anxiety. First problem is that anxiety hinders positivity. Now, let me give you a disclaimer. I am not an Opie the Optimist personality. But I'm not also a nanny the negative personality either. I'm kind of Rick the realist. About the gospel, I'm very optimistic. About this fallen world, I'm very kind of pessimistic. But anxiety hinders positivity. Look at verse 27 it says this And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to a span of life? Of course, it's a rhetorical question, but the real answer is you can't. When we get all worried and get all spun up, we become negative, we become pessimistic. It hinders positivity. That's the first problem with anxiety. Second problem with anxiety that the scripture gives us is anxiety leads to more anxiety. Look at verse 34. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Bottom line is, in this fallen world, we have a lot of bad things we're dealing with, a lot of good things, too, but a lot of bad things we're juggling. If we try to handle what's going on, not only today, but tomorrow, next week, and next month, man, I don't know about you, but I'm wiped out. You know, one of the things I do as a chaplain is we have a program called Strong Bonds, which is a marriage enrichment program, and we do retreats that you, the taxpayer, thank you pay for. And so I do a retreat once a month for my soldiers. Um, I have a retreat scheduled for next weekend. It's been in the books for a long time. On every document that I've sent the contractor who organized the retreat, it says 24th through 26th. Well, this past Friday, after I mowed my yard so I could be with you, uh, I came in the house, and my smartphone had exploded with phone calls. And the contractor said, why aren't you at your retreat? And my response is, well, the retreat is next weekend. No, I have it for this weekend. The hotel's wondering where your group is. You're talking about seeing red and being anxious, and I wasn't just anxious about that mess up. You know, I can do grace and mercy. That she's only human, right? But now, for those 30 families that have showed up, I got to tell them, hey, for something you look forward to, it's not happening. And not only that, now I got ego in my face, and I have to go to my commander and say, sir, I'm sorry, this isn't happening. It makes everyone look silly, and foolish, and. I start getting anxious, and I worry about, well, what's this person going to think? What's this person going to think? Bottom line, it was a mess-up. It can be fixed. But I share that with you to share how anxiety leads to anxiety, links to anxiety. And Scripture's telling us, stop it. So we've seen the problems with anxiety. Now let's look at the symptoms of anxiety. And they're not necessarily bad things. Scripture tells us two things we have or that are symptoms of anxiety one is concerns about basic necessities look at verse 31 therefore do not be anxious saying what shall we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear you know you look at his- history and any civilization has what food clothing shelter right and uh, some other things too but those are the big three right food clothing and shelter and we get really worried about that you know i don't know about you but I've been fortunate in the family I was raised in. I have never been poor. I have been broke a lot, but I've never been poor. But one of the symptoms of anxiety, we get concerned about basic necessities, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but we idolize it. It becomes our focus. Not only do we get concerned about basic necessities, we get concerned about other issues. Look at the very first part of verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. And it goes on to talk about the basic necessities, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body and what you will put on. But do not be anxious about your life. As a chaplain, I provide a lot of pastoral counseling. And the number one counseling issue is marriage counseling. And the number one reason that marriage counseling is taking place is because someone is cheating either emotionally or physically. Um, But this past week, I had a counseling session where that wasn't the case. I was like, thank you. But it was a sad counseling situation because the husband is going to get out of the Army in about two years. And so not only does he have his full job as an E-7 in the Army, but also he has a side job as a realtor. So on the weekend, he's always showing houses, buying and selling, and those type of things. Well, within the family, they have three kids. Two of them are special needs. And then his wife was just a shell of the woman in that counseling session. Because she was just like, if he would just put a tenth of the passion he puts in his business opportunities into me, we would not be here. And we're all guilty of that. I can be guilty of of not giving my wife the attention he needs because I'm, I'm in ministry. Well, God comes first. But I'm called by God to love my wife. To support her. To love her. So the symptoms of anxiety, we get anxiety about basic necessities. We get consumed about other issues. And then it just takes over. If I just stopped here, it would be a very pessimistic sermon, wouldn't it? But let's look at ways Christians... Can limit anxiety. And this scripture here in Matthew gives us two answers. One, know that God will take care of your basic necessities. Know that God will take care of your basic necessities. Let's look at verse 26. It says this. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, and, let your, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And of course the answer is yes you are. Look at verses 28 through 30 says this. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they they neither toil nor spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon, the Israel king of extravagance, not even he in all his glory was arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Which is a nice way of saying, quit being silly. Verse 32 says this for the gentiles for the gentiles seek after these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all now the context isn't just saying gentiles meaning those who aren't jewish it's saying those people who aren't keeping their focus on jesus you're going to idolize everything else and continue to pursue everything else and be worried about everything else stop it you know in in seminary have you ever had those experiences in life where if you, you're like, yeah, if I had to do it all over again, I'd do it in a heartbeat? I don't know about seminary. And here's why I say that. Not that the education wasn't great, but between juggling two or three part-time jobs and pastoring a church and trying to study. And I'm a product of private school, so for undergraduate, I didn't have to study and I made pretty good grades. And I kind of thought seminary would be the same way. And, oh, I was wrong. It wasn't. And all people in graduate school hit that wall of like, how am I going to pay for any of this? But God always provides. I know this is true in your life, too. There hadn't been that time where like, I don't know how we're financially going to get out of this. I don't know how we're going to get our kids into school. I don't know how this or that's going to happen. You fill in the blank that's applicable to your life. We've all have hit that. But we all have seen how God provides. Sometimes he doesn't provide the way we thought he was going to provide. He tends to do it at the very last minute to keep us humble, which thanks for that, you know, but that's what he does. But he always provides. If you ever get on YouTube, there's this great clip from Bob Newhart. And Bob Newhart is doing a counseling session. Uh, And this person comes in with all her problems. He's like, "Okay, okay, you just pay me five dollars. Here's my answer. Stop it. The whole theme through it is, stop it. Well, I have never Stop it. Church, the answer I'm giving to you when we come to worry is, stop it. Know that God provides for us. What's another way we can limit anxiety? And this is the most important. Have and live from a kingdom perspective. Have and live from a kingdom perspective. Look at verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I've done a sermon title before, keep the main thing the main thing. Or actually it was longer than that. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Keep Jesus the main thing. This is a beautiful church. For all eternity, it's going to go away. Lake Oconee is beautiful. I love coming up here. It's all going to go away. Your retirement house or your house you have, it's really nice. Driving around, I've seen them. It's all going to go away. It's all about Jesus. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. Have that kingdom perspective. Focus on him. And when you have that kingdom perspective, if you're going through cancer or brain surgery or a disobedient child or you're broke, you know it's what? It's temporary. When I was a freshman in college, my mom got a benign tumor on her brain stem. They went in there, the surgeons. It was supposed to be one of those 45-minute surgery, and then she comes out, and then she's fine. Suffered a stroke on the surgery. The surgery had two teams. She was in surgery over 24 hours. They had to take a break in it. In the middle of it, she suffered a stroke. She was handicapped for four years until the tumor came back and killed her. You go, oh, and I understand why. But she's face-to-face face with Jesus. That's the ultimate healing. Right? So there's joy there. We lose that fact. It's like, well, look what I'm going through. And I'm not trying to take away what you're going through is painful, because it is. But we all got in, that, in the cards with for all of us, because we live in a sinful, fallen world. It's not perfect, but it will be when Jesus comes back. Due to being in a bunch of burn pits in Iraq, my lungs don't work the way they used to. I have COPD at 44 years old. you know what? One day when I'm standing face-to-face with Jesus, my body's going to be 100% healed, and so is yours. That's the good news. That's a kingdom perspective. Have that kingdom perspective. Friends, this morning we've seen because of God's love and care, we must not be anxious about this life. I'm not saying, so don't worry at all and just be naively, yay, it's all leprechauns and rainbows. That's not true but we must not be anxious about that life. We've seen the problems anxiety. It hinders positivity. Anxiety leads to more anxiety. The symptoms of anxiety, we get concerned about our basic necessities, and then it just avalanches, and we get concerned about everything. But then we've seen the good news, and that is the ways Christians can limit anxiety, and that is know that God will take care of your basic necessities. He has in the past. He will in the present. He will in the future. And the greatest way he's taking care of your necessity is he sent Jesus. Have and live from a kingdom perspective. Because he sent Jesus, you are forever an adopted child with him and a co-heir with Jesus. Live that way. Christians should have the healthiest self-esteem of anybody on the planet. Why? Because you're a child of God. Imagine that, introducing yourself. Hi, I'm Michael Oliver, child of God. People are like, whoa, Lackadoodle? But that's who you are. You are a child of God. Live like it. This church, like all churches, has been blessed in a lot of ways. You have a building that's paid for. That's a huge blessing. you got a sweet congregation that I always enjoy coming here. That's a huge blessing. You live in a great place of Georgia. It's a huge blessing. You know, but I know you've had also your share of turmoils, like all churches do. You know, leadership comes and goes. That's hard. You, know, you want Stability. Be patient in this process. Know that God's going to take care. Know that God is going to provide the right person to become your senior pastor. That's going to happen. But he's going to do it on his timetable, not yours. So search committee, be patient. Be patient. He will take care of this church just like he has taken care of you. Let's pray. Father, as we live in this sinful, fallen world, we have so much that we can be just frustrated about and worry about, and we become anxious people. But we pray that we will truly apply this text here in Matthew to our lives and realize that you're in control. You've taken care of the huge issues and the small issues of our lives. So let us to be people who are not anxious, but to be people who are people of peace, peace rooted in the gospel. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we close in worship. And sing with joy and without being anxious, hymn number 614.